0: Hello, good morning everybody, welcome to my podcast, this is Michelle and um, I want to thank you so much for all this tuning in and I'm encouraged by your questions, your feedback and uh, I I want to thank you for not letting me get bored (laughs) talking about my Jesus (laughs) and um, this morning it's a beautiful day in uganda i um, haven't looked outside the window yet i don't know if it's shining yet or uh, the signs of rain i totally have got no idea but it, it is shining in my heart <laughs> it's shining at my altar in my sacred place and um, because i've got something juicy to share with you welcome 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 let's have an opening prayer Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for everybody that's listening, and I thank you for the word that you have put in my heart. And um, I pray, Father, that by the time I'm done sharing it, um, whoever's listening will be blessed. And and as I share, Holy Spirit, I invite you, come and um, give me a tour of the Bible, like throw me all over the place (laughs) so that your message comes across very, very clear. Help me to stick to your word and not just my ideas and and at the end of it all, I'd love for your name to be glorified, and for the hearts of people out there to be lightened and in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, yeah, um, forgive my voice um I'm feeling a bit under the weather, I think I'm coming down with a flu or something, and that's very rare considering um the amount of times we wash our hands and sanitize so i don't know but what i know is i have got something very very nice to share with you this morning and and, uh, try and be as quick as possible because i need to dash off to work okay Uh, okay guys i have a question for you have you got have you got enemies (laughs) Huh? you're probably thinking who doesn't huh? okay I'll rephrase let's, let's do this let's let's do a small exercise um, as usual if you're not doing anything I'd love for you to have your bible ready your notebook and your pen and uh, so write down for me um, a list of your enemies if you've got more than one and who are enemies uh, let me break it down um anyone that displeases you or is constantly um, driving you up the wall or th- that one person in your life or those people that you think are so against you they're making your life so difficult they are the reason why things are not going the way that they should like you know and, and sometimes we like to think that we forgave them but, but then when like the thing is you just them you stored them away <laughs> when you hear their names or walk past them your heart tightens like Ugh, you know so make a list think about them write them down okay if you're driving or at work <coughs> make a mental note you're probably looking at them right now like there she is the little um whatever you refer <laughs> whatever you refer to her as okay um Let's run to the book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 18. If you're done writing down your enemies, that's very good. And and let's get started. Okay? Uh, My prayer is that by the time we're done sharing these scriptures your mindset will have changed and and you'll be thanking God for those that you think are your enemies and then it shall be easier for you to pray for them and bless them like the Bible says to us in Matthew. Okay? Right. Uh, Romans chapter 9 verse 18 reads, Therefore, he has mercy on whom he he wills, in whom he wills, he hardens. Praise King Jesus. (laughs) Today we are looking at Two parties. Three, actually. Today, we're shooting a movie and we have three main characters. We have you, we have your enemy, and then we have God, high up there. Praise King Jesus. Now, God, high up there on the throne is saying, He has mercy on whom he wills, yeah? And whom he wills, he hardens. What is the scripture talking about? Like, he hardens the hearts of those that you think are your enemies. Like he triggers them to do the things they do to you for you to refer to them as your enemies. And then he has mercy on you. Like he decides who to have mercy on and whose heart to harden. Praise King Jesus. Now you can turn this round. Are you an enemy to somebody? Are you the person that God has hardened their heart to, to disturb others, to, to to steal their peace? Hmm? <laughs> Okay, so there. Draw your pictures in the head. I like. I'm a very visual person. I like movies. Yeah. So as I speak, I want you to 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 visualize. Like this. This is a cast, and 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 let's let's enjoy it. Yeah. Draw some pictures in your head. So that's the scripture that we're going to use. Yeah. That is the scripture we are using right now. Hmm? We have read in Romans 9:18 that it's all about God. God holds the trigger. Yeah. I want us to give thanks. I want us to say, you can say it out loud, long live my enemy. I know this sounds a bit, bit, but just come with me. I'll I'll break it down as we go, yeah? Okay. First off, speak to your enemy, you know, that list that you have written. They have got no power over you. They're They're just a tool that the Lord, our Father in heaven, is using okay to show his power to show his wrath you know to, to he's using them to trigger you off because he cares he has chosen you as a vessel of um as a vessel of mercy because we have this we have two parties now you for example can be the vessel of mercy because um god has hardened someone's heart again i want us to This is all about God. It's not about you and your enemy or you being an enemy to somebody. You know, we've been walking around thinking, oh, so-and-so did this to me. My stepmother did this to me. My best friends told my boyfriend, oh, my auntie did this. My dad never speaks to me. He's a bad guy. No, 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 no. This is not about us. It's about our Father in heaven. He's got the remote control. He triggers the emotions, yeah? God is the initiator of it all. He pulls the trigger, rolls the camera into action in which we play our part for better or for worse. Praise King Jesus. Better being one person is under persecution because God is working on them to show his glory and the other party being worse, they're being used to 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 stress this other party so that they can become who God wants them to become am I making sense yet okay let's read another scripture let's do Romans let's look at Romans again chapter nine verses twenty-two and twenty three it reads yeah Romans chapter nine verses twenty two to twenty three it reads what if God wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured the much long-suffering of the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. That's verse 22. This one talks about the enemy, right? I'll repeat it. 9.22. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Yeah? And then verse 23. And that he may make known his riches of his glory, and that he may make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. So again, we go back to the two parties the enemy in courts, who God has prepared <laughs> to show his wrath, eh? who God has prepared to distract you, yeah, so that he may use you, the vessel of honor, to show his glory, yeah, to show that he's a merciful God. Praise King Jesus. Are we putting the pieces together? Yeah, Yeah, that's what it's all about. So, (laughs) our enemies are not so, they're not such bad people after all. They're not our enemies. Matter of fact, they are our trainers because a trainer, yeah. For example, some people like to work out. Hi, Isabel and Maureen. I have friends that are so into working out, yeah, that they have a personal trainer. That even then we're when, even when we're out of the country or wherever on holiday, they tune in like via Zoom and, and they're being trained and they're making all these noises and sounds of oh my God that's so painful, but then they're doing it anyway because they have contracted the other guy to show them how to stay in shape. And even though he seems, uh, he comes across as if he's torturing them, but then there's this glory that they're looking towards, a good body, abs, yeah, muscles, whatever it is they're purposing to to, to look like and also to be healthy. And guys, this is perfectly very, very biblical. Uh, There's a scripture somewhere, I don't want us to derail, but it says that we should purpose for our spirits to be in shape in our bodies to be in shape that really pleases god for us to be healthy physically and spiritually and physically healthy means working out even though please don't contact me on that one because i am so not for working out these days yeah um i can't juggle both god and the gym okay you can say i'm lazy right Mm. (laughs) so the gym instructor or your personal trainer tortures you to get to 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 get you to a certain spot praise king jesus and and i want you to look at your enemy in that angle make 20 sit-ups jump like a frog carry the water dispenser bottle up and down 40 times Uh, what are they called dumbbells do this do that and and, then the body feels so like it's going to bust open but then when all is said and done, you're very happy about the way you feel. You get through your day better because you're feeling fit. Yeah? So, let's look at it that way. Now, do you see how the gym instructor is not such an enemy after all? In this world that we're living in, that's the, that's the, two, the two people that are into play. Yeah? You, and you're supposed to be enemy. And 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 I w- I'd like to encourage you that you're not the first one <laughs> to encounter these things. I'm going to give you examples of of guys in the Bible that played a big role as enemies, and and, and God used them as vessels of destruction so that He may show His honor in other people's lives. I will start with um. I will start with um, Saul. King Saul. This is uh the books of First and Second Samuel. Best books of the Bible, Bible. I recommend, I highly recommend. I read those two books and I was amazed. And I I keep saying if I had so much money, if I was a movie producer, first and second Samuel is by far better than Lord of the Rings and all those movies that I used to like so much. Very, very good books. Very, very good story. It's it's a good story and um, there's so much to learn. There's a wealth of knowledge in there. But anyway, just in summary, just to pull this out. When you read the book of um the book of um 1st and 2nd Samuel, when you look at David specifically, most people only know about David and Goliath. Maybe I should use that. Goliath was never an enemy, the big guy that David killed. He was just a step, he was just somebody in place. He was just somebody God put in place to show his glory through David. Because after David kills him, then everybody gets to know David. Yeah. So maybe it's time for you to look at that big Goliath in your life as my, 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 my meal ticket, my fame ticket, my prosperity ticket, yeah? But let's go back to David and Saul, yeah? David, David struggled so much. David got anointed at a very tender age to become king of Israel. And the minute that was done, the movie began, like Saul became such a pain in the armpit many opportunities he tried to kill the little boy david went through so much that book stressed me for a bit you know because i tried to count the years at the time i think i read it in 2016 and and i don't know where my notebook is but i tried to calculate the number of years between david's anointing and him ruling over israel you know at some point he ruled over was it judah only before he can he could take over the entire israel Like, when you count the years to when David becomes king over the whole of Israel, I think it was, was it 17 and a half? I don't remember. I just know it was a lot of years. And then I put my Bible aside and I said to God, please don't make my journey this long. This guy has suffered for so long. That's how I looked at it anyway. But now, we're in, um, how many years later? Five or four? I'm thinking to myself, wow, this was not so bad after all. David became who he became because of Saul. Like Saul was David's trainer. He was uh, David's um, instructor. And, 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 and the more I think about it now, after reading Romans 9, 9 18, which says, Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. I think to myself, "Wow, Saul's heart was hardened so he can polish David. So long live our enemies. Long live Saul. Because because of Saul, we all know and love David yeah is god starts by saying when 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 god anoints david when god wants to anoint david he sends um someone and says to him i have found a man who is after my own heart and at that time only god knows david's heart yeah and 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 in the end we also get to see David's heart because there's so many examples in there about David that challenge me so much I think one that really disturbed me I'm not giving you verses and chapters because I expect you to go read read both books and have so much fun I don't want to be a spoiler (laughs) <laughs> but the one that I love the most is towards the end. I think it's in 2 Samuel. And David had these strong men, the three mighty men who were always around him. And they would do anything for him. He had so much favor in the sight of the Lord and also in the sight of man. But, um one time and they were in a cave hiding from, of course, the enemy. <laughs> and um, David felt like drinking some water. Like how I can sit here and I feel like a bucket of KFC. And I don't know why nobody has sent me a bucket of KFC, but let's stick to the subject here, sorry. Anyway, yeah, David felt like drinking some water from the well that's, I don't know, so like kind of a distance away. But then they had to go through the enemy's camp to access that water. So David just made a statement, oh, I feel like drinking water from from I don't know where. And then next thing we know, his men are getting up and, and, and getting on their horses and riding through the landmines and, and, and the war zone, and then they go and bring him that water. And he was so touched. He's like, oh, thank you, guys. And, and when they bring the water to David, it, David, instead of, of eating the KFC, instead of drinking the water, he goes and he pours it out and he dedicates it to the Lord. You know, he said something like, Who am I that these people are willing to risk their lives to buy me, to bring me some water, so I'll just give it to God? (laughs) Hey, that one challenged me, man. I thought to myself, if my friend sent me a bucket of KFC, I am not sure that after smelling it, I would take it to the neighbor's kids, The, 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 the hungry kids in the neighborhood and say, oh God, who am I? That that Masha has sent me a bucket of KFC, I I will go and distribute it to the hungry children. Ah, <laughs> I'm I'm still working on that. But we're talking about David's heart. Eh? God knew David's heart and He chose David. But then, at, at that tender age when he was just a young boy, a shepherd, um, he had to go through a bit of training so that he can be fit to be king. And everything that he went through is so that we can get to see what God sees in David. Praise King Jesus. So I want, as I speak, I, w- I need you to meditate on your enemy and his purpose or her purpose in your life. You are gold. You are a gem. You who is listening, yeah? And and that person who you think is a pain in the armpit is just a vessel that God has chosen to, to, to use so that he can bring out that gold that is in you. You are gold, but like rough, yeah? Mixed up with stone. And you need to be polished. You need to be passed through the fire so that the whole world can see what beauty you are. But that can, it cannot be done unless someone treats you badly or gets you out of your comfort zone so that you can shine, praise king jesus Saul mistreated david so much yeah and but david um david knew what to do david loved the lord david walked with god so he knew what to do for his enemies and and i'd love for us to have that mentality um about who we think are enemies and i want to stop using that word now because i know for a fact um these are useful tools that the Lord is using. So maybe we can call them our instructors now. Is it okay to change the name or do you still feel like that girl is your enemy? Okay then, let's stick to enemy. Maybe at the end we can change the names, right? But let's run quickly to the book of First Samuel, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. First Samuel is in the Old Testament, in the early books. First Samuel, chapter 24, verses 1. To twelve, yeah, you know that enemy. Like, why can't I just, you know, some of us have even gone as far as uh, praying prayers for this enemy <laughs> to die. And you know, that's not what God wants, yeah. Our God is a God of love. But anyway, let's read ahead. Okay, First Samuel chapter twenty-four, verse one. Now it happened when Saul had returned from um, following the Philistines that it was told him saying, take not, David is in the wilderness of Engadi. Verse two, then Saul took 3000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rock of the world Getz. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Your enemy, right? He brings on the army. Verse three. So he came to the, sh- to the sheepfolds by the rod where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. We're not told what the needs are. Maybe he went to take a pee or whatever it is. We do not know. Mm -hmm. In brackets, David and his men were staying in the recess of the cave. Verse 4. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as seems good to you. (laughs) <laughs> and David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe, verse five. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled because he had cut Saul's robe, verse six, and he said to his men, "The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to any mas- to my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. I think I'll reread that, verse 6. And David said to his men, "The Lord forbid that I should do this to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord." Verse 7. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to raise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and went his way. Praise king Jesus. Guys, let's look at David here. Yeah, let's stop at verse seven for a minute. This guy, Saul, had been so much trouble in David's life. And finally, David has got an opportunity to kill him. But look at David's response. Hmm? No wonder God said, "Is a man David is a man after my own heart. Yeah. David knew that he should not touch God's anointed. David was very well conversant with his Bible now you see why i always send you guys to your bibles honestly if this is not your first podcast with me and you and you don't own a bible you're breaking my heart or maybe you should contact me so that i can put you on my list of people for blessing next month so i can get you a bible yeah we really need these books these are these the the bible is your tool of tread I used to work for a company that was so passionate about um, empowering its people to make sure that they do um, their sales job properly. And and we did so many courses on sales, but uh, one thing they ensured was that we had our tools of trade. I used to work for Heineken. Hmm? They gave us everything that we needed to perform, yeah? A tablet, a laptop, a car, everything. If they could, they would give us oxygen as well, yeah? As in for breathing, if you <laughs> I know people that refer to money as oxygen. Yes, they give us so much money. Like we had everything we needed to do our jobs. But in life, what you need is a Bible. When you have your Bible, if you know what God expects you to do, then some situations will be easier for you. If Not some, but all of every situation will be a lot easier. When David stood over Saul with an opportunity to finish him off, The word came to him like, yo, touch not my anointed. I am the one that anointed Saul as king over Israel. So you can't have his blood on your hands. Otherwise, I will not stay with you. I will not walk with you. The whole purpose of walking with God or knowing who God is, is to know what he wants and what he does not want. And David knew this very, very well. So, mister, I have so many enemies. How are you doing? Do you know how to treat your enemies so that the Lord may fight for you? By the time we're done here, I don't expect you to use your own power to fight your enemies because you don't have the power. I started off by telling you God is at the throne. Like He's holding the remote the remote control, and, and us guys are puppets. So the sooner we look to God, hmm? someone is it someone twenty six? I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where my help comes from, my help comes from the Lord. That that's the that's the, that's what we should do, Kat disregard your enemy focus on the lord because this is what david did eh? verse 8 david also arose afterward went out of the cave and called out to saul saying my lord the king when saul looked behind him david stooped his face to the earth and bowed down humility right verse 9 and david said to saul Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks to harm? harm." Verse 10. Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you into my hand in the cave, and someone urged me to kill you. But my eye spared you, and I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Verse 11. Moreover, my father, see. Yes. See the corner of your robe in my hand. I like the way this man refers to Saul as his father. Guys, you need to change the names for your enemies. I told you ages ago. hmm? For in that, I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you. Know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand. And I have not sinned against you. Yet you hunt my life to take it. Verse 12. Let the Lord judge between you and me, and let the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. Praise King Jesus. Woo! (laughs) Woo. I think my new name should be David, eh? What's the closest um, lady's name to David? Anyway, let's get back. Um, Do you see what I'm talking about? David, And and it's amazing. Back then they didn't have Bibles. So I don't know what David was thinking about. Because when I read that, I think of Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Yeah? That's what would have come to my mind if it was me. But these guys didn't have Bibles. And still the man, David, knows what to do. I guess the Holy Spirit was very alive in them. But let me read for you um, Romans chapter 12. Honestly, I hope by the time we're done discussing this, uh, you have an easier time forgiving people that have done you wrong. Those lovely people. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. It reads, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Sorry, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. (laughs) Oh, I like that last line. It's the motivation here. Be nice to them, because in so doing, you're you're heaping coals of fire (laughs) on their head. So this man, David, let's go back to uh, where we were. uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24. Yeah. David, by not killing Saul and being nice to him in this situation, he has gotten like a whole lorry of fiery coals and poured them on Saul's head. Like he's given the power over to God. I mean, if you have to, what, who is the better punisher? You or your, uh, oh, I I wish I was talking to kids. Picture two little boys. One has upset the other. Yeah. Who is the best person to punish this other kid? my little self or my dad who is stronger than both of us and that's what david is doing like you i have no punishment for you only god can sort you out because he's stronger praise king jesus so maybe that's how you should look at your enemy like Even if I said bad words about you or even if I, 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 in whichever way I choose to be nasty to you, I can't measure up with God. So I'll leave you to God. I'll be nice to you so that God can open up the floodgates of heaven and pour very many coals of fire on your head. How's that? Maybe that should help a bit, huh? Okay. So we've spoken about um, Saul and David briefly, Yeah. If you go back and read the first and second Samuel, this will make so much sense. That should help you to forgive. I want to give you another example of um people that God has put in place to um to to, to show his glory on the in the other party. Let's talk about um Pharaoh and Israel, for example ah, everybody knows that Pharaoh was the enemy of Israel right <laughs> yeah pharaoh is not nice to the israelites he made them suffer so much the children of israel cried out to god so much after some time god heard them and and sent moses to get them out of egypt and and take them back to the promised land remember that story if you haven't please download the book of um the movie of um moses it's a nice way to catch up real fast yeah as you create time to read your bible but um let's look at Exodus um chapter 9 verse 16. Exodus is in the old testament, Genesis, then Exodus. It's the second book, chapter 9, verse 16. Exodus 9, 16. Where is 16? There. It reads. No 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 guys. Let's start from 13, okay? Because I want us to get the background story. So this is after Pharaoh had been such a pain to the children of Israel, and Moses is already at it. He has started on the journey of um, getting these guys out of um, Egypt. Exodus chapter 9, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of, of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Fourteen. For at this time I will send all my plagues To your very heart and to your servants and on your people, that you may know that I am that there is none like me in all of the earth. Praise King Jesus. Do you see how now Pharaoh is being used as a vessel of dishonor? Are you still with me on the concept of we are three people in this movie? Vessel of honor, vessel of dishonor, and God who is above us all. Yeah? So we're looking at Pharaoh, the vessel of dishonor. Verse 13. Now If I had not stretched out my hand and, no, verse verse 15. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, no, 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 no. Let me describe, describe verse 15 first. You see, God in his might, his intention was to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. But he couldn't just get them in one day and take them to the promised land. His power had to be shown somewhere. And now God is telling us, I, the Lord, if I wanted, I could have just stretched my, my, my little finger, my pinky. And the whole of the house of Pharaoh would have died down, melted to the ground. And then I get my people out. But no, read verse 16. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, Pharaoh, that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all of the earth. Praise King Jesus. So now this person, Pharaoh, who we think is um, Israel's enemy, was actually raised. He was brought up. This is Pharaoh's calling. (laughs) He, He was born to stress Israel so that the Lord our God may show his power in Pharaoh eh? that the Lord's name may be declared in all of the earth so now we see where it, why it was such a long journey and I remember God saying uh, there's a shorter route to to the promised land but I'll make sure that you guys take the longer route. And by the time you're done with the longer route, you will know who I am. You will know my power. Now, some of you out there are thinking, I have suffered with this thing for too long. This guy has been such a pain for too long. And, and you're, you're focusing on the enemy and you're, you're like, you have lost the plot. You're not getting the movie. It is God. It has never been your enemy. It is God. He's doing a good work in you. That's why you need to take the longer route, so that by the time you get that desired job, or that desired marriage, or that baby you've waited so long to give birth to, you know what to do when you get to that position. Yeah, he can't just give you. You know, it's it's like again that scripture. Only I can't find the scripture now. God help me. But um, it says, um, a hair to. Uh, uh, it, for example, if 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 a kid lost their dad. And, and and they're the ones supposed to inherit everything. If they're still under age, they'll need a what are they called? A supervisor? There's a more fancy word for that. To take care of um the um the inheritance until the child is of age. Yeah? So when the child is of age, then they can inherit everything because they know then how to handle the cash, how to go about certain things. Now, you, dear dearest, uh, who is stressed about the so-called enemy, there's so much God wants to give you, but you're still immature, you're still a baby, you're still on milk. He needs you to grow up so that, and, and he doesn't want to give your inheritance to your whoever's would have governed it until you are of age. He wants to give it to you. So he needs to do a good job in you. That's why Pharaoh is necessary. So that when you get into that desired place that God wants you to be or where you want to be, you can handle it. You can sustain it. You won't lose it overnight. Does that make sense? Yeah. So here we go again. Pharaoh was never an enemy after all. Pharaoh was a necessity for the children of Israel to be polished and I remember when they get to Israel God then turns around and says oh because remember uh, the, the journey in the wilderness there's a whole generation that there was how many generations one two three there was there was there, there was it was such a long journey that these kids that were born and they didn't even know about what happened in Egypt." So what does God say? I am not going to drive out all of your enemies. I will leave some of your enemies in place so that your little ones can learn how to fight the battle. Yeah, So that those enemies can polish your little ones so that your little ones can be in the place that I need them to be. So the challenge here is a lot of us have been so busy focusing on how bad the enemy is and forgetting that God has left them in place so that we can grow up and own our whatever god wants to give us praise king jesus hi how's your list of enemies <laughs> is it decreasing are you giving jesus a high five for your enemies i hope okay let me give you an example penina is everybody familiar with penina in the bible that's it that it's in fast samuel again um there was a, there was two ladies penina and and uh, hannah um, penina was Hannah's enemy and Penina was not nice. Penina was not nice but Penina was necessary for Hannah. He, okay, let's go to First Samuel chapter 1 because I'm thinking there's somebody out there thinking, what? Is there a nice Penina in this world? I'll prove you right. We need to thank God for our Peninas. First Samuel Chapter 1 Verse. oh i mean second Samuel forgive me first Samuel chapter 1 There, yeah. I'll rush through it very very quickly but I know we're most interested in verse 18 but I can't just jump there I always like us to have a background history so that you can get it first Samuel chapter 1 verse 1 now there was a certain man in Ramathian Zophim in the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, and the son of Zeph, an Ephraimite. Verse 2. Forgive my pronunciation. I wasn't born in this region, right? Verse 2. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not have children. Are we together there? One man, two wives, one has very many children, the other is struggling to get children. Verse 3. This man went up from his city nearby to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Ha! The husband was a God-fearing man. Praise King Jesus. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Now, Eli was the high priest at that temple where Elkanah and his wives um, worshipped and these are their sons, right? Okay, verse four. And whenever the, and whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. Verse five. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. Praise King Jesus. Now, Hannah had issues. Hey, hey, sorry, I didn't read the entire verse. Verse five. But to Hannah he would give a double portion for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Praise King Jesus. Now guys, Penina had children, sons and daughters. We're not told how many, but it sounds like there were many. When it when it was time to um to, to give an offering, uh kind of gave um Hannah a double portion. So Hannah had the favour of her husband. Right, even though she didn't have children, and I like that the Bible stresses the point that it is the Lord who had closed Hannah's womb. Praise King Jesus. <clears throat> that takes back. It takes us back to our equation, back to Romans nine eighteen. Romans nine eighteen is my favorite scripture this season because it has pointed out to me that there's nothing like the enemy. God is is holding the remote control. He chooses who the enemy shall be, and he chooses who um, the, the sufferer. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) should be. And when all is said and done, the enemy is just a a vessel of dishonor to be used for destruction, to show God's wrath and power. And then um, the sufferer is the vessel of honor that the Lord is using to show his mercy and his glory. Hallelujah. So now we know Hannah is the vessel of honor. And, And she is such a vessel of honor that her husband loves her very much, even though she has not had children yet, and it is the Lord, the remote control holder, who has closed Hannah's womb. So let me ask you, Hannah, why do you hate Penina? (laughs) It is not Penina who closed your womb. Praise King Jesus. Let's align our emotions, guys, right? Okay. The next verse, which I think is eight, or is it six? It is six. And her rival also provoked her severely. This is Hannah. Hannah's rival Penina provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Praise King Jesus. <laughs> God has pressed the, 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 the play button on on, on, um, <clears throat> on Penina so that she can make Hannah miserable, like severely. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 7. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her Every year, every year, especially when they went to make offerings, Penina would provoke Hannah. And the Bible is saying therefore Hannah wept and did not eat. That's how much this woman's rival or co-wife, co-wife, that's the word. This is how much Hannah's co-wife stressed her. Yeah. And and this kind of sounds like an African setting, because um Africans in um, back in the day, even now, they would have several wives and and they all live in the same homestead so you can imagine having this this woman every morning like she's throwing words at you look at you waste of space all you do is eat food and and you you don't even have a child what are you doing with our husband of what use are you like all manner of words mind you the people that stress you the lawless use words it's the words that they use The, the enemy likes the enemy's biggest tool is words and every time we come here to the Word by Michelle, what do we do? I bring to you the Word of God. You can only you, only you only, have one tool, the Word of God, to fight against any other words. And I keep telling you guys, any word outside the Word of God is a lie. So what is your enemy saying to you? What is your peninence saying to you? And after they've said it, what does the Word of God say? And how will you know what the Word of God says if you're never in the Bible? Praise King Jesus. Read your Bible, be armed with the word so that when Penina comes whispering garbage you know how to shoot back. Please note that the word is a spirit. When Penina says certain words she triggers the spirit of anger in you. She triggers the spirit of jealousy in you. And when you pull out the word of God it shoots down those spirits. For example scripture tells us that we've not been given the spirit of anger anxiety fear of work or whatever we've not been given any negative spirit but we've been given the spirit of love of power and of sound mind second timothy uh, one is it one seven fourteen i don't know google it we have not been given the spirit of fear but of love of power and of sound mind so when you quote that scripture when that scripture comes out of your mouth it is a spirit Remember I told you angels only understand one word and angels are ministering spirits to us heirs of salvation. So when you quote that scripture, the angels of the Lord come into play, the spirit of the Lord fills you up and takes away that anxiety and then those angels can go and fight the words that Penina is saying to you. But the problem is with you is when Penina shoots, you shoot back. Trust me I have tried that and I always feel bad. guys. I am not perfect. I am a victim. That's why I like to speak to you, because these situations have taught me quite a bit, and I don't want to be uh, like alone. I don't want to be selfish. That's why I share these words. Yeah, Na- <laughs> words. Ordinary words have never been able to quench words. Like when your enemy throws words at you, and you throw back your own words, it's just a party. They throw back, you throw back, fire for fire, fire for fire. No, 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 no. It never ends until the neighbors know that there's a fight in that house. You need water. You need the fire brigade. In your fire brigade is the word of God. Yeah? The living water. It's the only thing that can quench those other words down. So when someone's busy speaking garbage in this incident, garbage being words that are outside the word of the Lord you better have the scriptures in mind at heart so even if you're not telling them out loud you're quoting the scriptures in your mind and before you know it they're talking to the wall and nothing upsets a quarreling person like a person that doesn't quarrel back you know what because that person is not the one that's torturing you it's the spirit the evil spirit because remember i've told you they are just these people are vessels yeah for example the the the, the lord has a, the trigger on, um, sorry, has played um, the play button on uh, on your boss. And now your boss is the vessel of dishonor. And what happens? Satan has entered them and they're saying all manner of words to you. These words are not nice. I know for a fact I've experienced them. They slice your heart to pieces. Your only solution is the word of God, the living water. Jesus is the living waters. He says, when you drink from me, you will not thirst again. You will not need any other water. So, have the word of God ready, yeah? Okay, let's go back to Hannah and Penina. Sorry, (laughs) I ventured off there. Hannah, verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Elkanah said to Hannah, Hannah, my wife, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than seven sons? Guys, this is God speaking. This is God speaking, yeah? Put it this way. Anyone that says nice words to you is a representative of God. Anyone that says horrible words to you is a representative of the devil. Because the Bible tells us that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus is love. Jesus comes to you with words of love. So this woman's husband comes to her and says, Listen, sweetheart, why do you weep? Like, why do you not eat? why is your heart heavy am i not better to you than 10 sons praise king jesus so i pray to god that in whatever situation you're going through when um the vessel of dishonor is so busy at it there's some vessels of honor that are with you of honor that are with you and again i'll encourage you get some jesus, get some jesus friends mm. it's it's as a uh, two two heads are better than one a, a rope is strong one cord is strong but two cords make a stronger rope have somebody that god has entrusted uh, you with like i mean have an accountability partner that uh, when 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 the words of the world are too heavy you can call them up and the holy spirit shall use them to to give you the right words to go through the day i bless the lord so much he's given me um, a good a good number of those and and everybody out there needs one praise king jesus everybody needs um elkanah and and bless this elkanah in the beginning we saw that he loved god so much that he went to the temple of shiloh every once a year to give a sacrifice so clearly this man knows the the right words to say to his wife but if you're, you're if your wife out there and, and and your husband is also a vessel of dishonor then you can have friends you can have, ask, pray to God to, to to bring the right person to speak into your marriage, yeah? I tell you, God has so many people out there, you have no idea. For example, God gave me your sister, and she lives in another country. I've never even seen her face. But when we pick up the phone to speak, we only speak scripture, scripture. And, and sometimes I call her, and my heart is so heavy, and I have a complaint. And then she, she's like, whoa, don't tell me you've forgotten. And then she throws a scripture she never sits round in a pity party with me like oh michelle that is so bad how could that person do that to you oh my god like a lot of girls like to do over a bottle of wine <laughs> instead i don't even know that is very expensive you go you have a problem you meet up with your girls buy two expensive bottles of wine pour your heart out and then when all is said and done they're just laughing at you anyway Or they're going to take the story to to the next neighbor and to the other. And then you'll find your problems all over town. Yet you could have just gone to the word of God. Like find a friend that's into Jesus. Even pray about it so that the Lord can lead you to the right person. And every time you call them about a problem, they're coming back to you with scripture. You go to them with the the words that the world has said. They come back to you with the word of God. And then your heart is at peace. Let's pray to God about these things in fact let's pray right now father i bring your children into your hands the world is so full of words that don't make sense. The enemy has used people's lips so much to slice our hearts to pieces. But we thank you so much, Jesus, because you came so that we may have life and have it fully. So I am praying to you, Father, connect whoever's listening to a Jesus buddy, a Jesus friend, somebody they can call and they speak to, and then life is not so bad. Somebody that will give them the word of God that can crush to pieces all other words by other people in the name of Jesus. I pray that this these people can get into their Bibles so that they can be an an answer to another person's problem. Help us, Lord, to know you better so that with time, everybody is so well acquainted with your word that the enemy has no words to use anymore and the enemy has no audience anymore in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. We're back. (laughs) Where were we? Verse 7. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord verse 10 and Hannah she was bitter of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish guys this this verse 10 is the is the highlight of the story now after Penny has punished Hannah so much, mm. Hannah runs to God. I thank God so much. This is what I was telling you. I thank God so much that Hannah didn't run to her mom with her problems so that she can trigger her mom's pressure and then make her mom hate her husband, yet Hannah's not going to leave the husband, yeah? Or, or, or um, make her mom hate um, Penny now, yet the mother has no power over the household. Praise King Jesus. Hannah has run to God. Everything that the enemy did to Hannah pushed her on her knees, pushed her to God. Look, she was in bitterness of soul. So she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish like she prayed so hard. Hmm? And then after praying so hard, Hannah made a vow. This is verse 11. Hannah made a vow and said, "'O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me and not forget your maid servant.'" But will give her, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall be upon his head. Praise King Jesus! Now, guys, let me break this down for you. Why did God um, present Hannah with a lovely gift in Penina called an enemy? God knew Hannah, Hannah was to give birth to the most precious child in the history of Israel so Hannah needed to be in the Lord some of you are suffering because of what you are going to give birth to praise King Jesus <laughs> coffee break I'll be back in a second hello we're back <laughs> yeah so guys hannah needed penina hannah had an assignment hannah was chosen hannah was chosen to be the vessel that will bring um baby samuel prophet samuel into the world but prophet uh, samuel was not to be brought into the world in any random manner He had to come into the world via the most expensive plan, yeah, first class, uh, private jet, like the most anointed woman was to give birth to the most anointed baby, yeah, and there's no way God would let um, the previous Hannah uh, be the vessel in which to deliver baby Samuel, Yeah the previous Hannah she had the favor of her husband everything was going well she was just lounging doing her nails going shopping in dubai and god is thinking you i don't think you can sustain what i want to give you i need you to seek me <clears throat> i need you to understand me some of you are suffering out there because you are a vessel of honor because of god wants to because of what god wants to use you for So that's why we need to look at the situation around us, get our eyes off it and look at us ourselves like, God, why am I going through this? What do you need me to do? What is my role in all of this? How do you need me to improve? Like we need to shift our mindsets to, God, what's your goal? Where does it all end? Where do you need me to fix up? Because Hannah fixed up. She, She was so bitter in the spirit. And then she went to pray to the Lord. And when she went to pray to the Lord, she shifted her mind from Penina and her need to have babies. I bet you she wanted to have babies for her husband. It's always the case of, oh, I need to give my husband children. Oh, my in-laws are going on and on about it. And God is thinking, no, you have the baby for me, not for anybody else. Because then when Hannah goes to the Lord and says, okay, first of all, I want a male child. Secondly, when I have that child, I'm giving that child back to you. They'll serve you all the days of our lives now when hannah understood the movie when hannah got the plot the lord listened when hannah turned her attention to god the lord listened so get your eyes off the enemy and look to god listen to what happens in verse 12. and it happened as she continued praying before the lord that ellie washed her mouth ellie is the the priest remember verse 13. now hannah spoke in her heart only her lips moved But her voice was not heard. Therefore, Ellie thought she was drunk. Yeah, (laughs) there's stages in this suffering process. Like Hannah was all prayed out. She couldn't be bothered to bring the words out loud. Her lips were just moving gently, but her heart was crying out to the Lord. And what does Pastor Ellie say? Are you high on alcohol? (laughs) <laughs> I think this is the part where some sisters have left the church, huh? Everybody doesn't like me. The whole world is against me. Uh, the priest called me a drunkard. I'm not going back to the church. You're losing the plot. You're losing the plot. Stay focused. What does God want from me? Eh? Verse 14. So Ellie said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Mm-hmm. Verse 15. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured my soul before the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand your ground, stand your ground. Know your purpose, yeah? Verse 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. I tell you guys, this was a long journey for Hannah. Looks like she, was, she, she spent the entire she left she must have and you know at this point they don't even talk about Penny and her husband anymore. I think she left home and went to the prayer mountain or she started sleeping at church because she decided to give herself to the Lord. She got the drift. I always talk to you guys about the triangle. Always have the triangle concept in your heart. eh? There's you. There's your enemy or another person, and then there's God above. That's the triangle. God at the top, then you, then the other human being across you, right? So now Hannah got her eyes from across and then lifted them up to the hills where her help comes from, up to the Lord. Praise King Jesus. Your your vector should always first hit the heavens and then the person you're dealing with. Put God first. Put your creator first. Hallelujah. Mm Mm-hmm. Verse 16, oh, we're done with that. Verse 17, then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked him. So you see, Pastor Eli finally gets it. eh? He gives um, Hannah a blessing. Go in peace. May God grant you your petition. And it's these words by the man of God that trigger Because the man of God first of all gave her a a bad a a bad response like oh you're drunk get out of church and she's like no 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 this is what's happening and then and then um, the man of God. Again, he must have been on God's remote control as well because you'd, you'd expect the man of God to tell you the right words. So again, I would rather... Guys, there's a lesson here. You need to be aligned with your God. If you're all about pastor this, pastor this, pastor this, and you're not about God said this, God said that, but you're all about what your fellow human being, who is also just a vessel that the Lord is using, oh no, we must do this because pastor said, Mm-mm. what does God say? Because here we see pastor telling the girl that she's a drunkard. And then the girl stands her ground because she's so aligned with her God and explains herself then what, what does pastor say oh okay go in peace the God of Israel grant you your petition which you have asked of him it's all about the overall boss so again guys it is not a square of you whoever's stressing you then the pastor and then God God and pastor on the same level hey even pastor has a vector which goes fast to God So life is a lot easier when you're... In fact, when you're aligned with God, you make your pastor's life much easier. You don't see Hannah getting upset with um, Pastor Eli over here. Hannah knows what's up. She's got the script. And when the pastor realizes that Hannah knows what she's talking about, he's quick to align with the maker and speak the words that now bless Hannah. Because look, the next verse, she's um, Hannah's saying... mm, let your maid servant find favor in your sight so the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad hallelujah she started to eat again yeah so guys i wanted to bring that out so that we can know that we don't have enemies i swear if hannah was clueless pastor Eli would have fallen in the category of enemies as well. And then this is where somebody ends up locked up in a room. They don't eat. They don't bathe because life is so bad. Nobody understands them. Even the man of God called me this. Even my mother did this. The whole world is horrible. Realign your thoughts. Realign your emotions. Go into the Bible. What does God expect of me? Like I told you, you see, in verse 20 it says so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called her name Samuel it came to pass in the process of time underline that because you will say to me oh so I can get pregnant tomorrow no 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 no. at the appointed time in the process of time it's all about you trusting the one high up there because now you know he's got the remote control it is him who will decide when baby Samuel can enter your belly So now you can't walk around hating your mother-in-law or your sisters-in-law because of what they're saying because you are not with child yet. You are, (laughs) are you ready to give birth to what the Lord wants to use your belly for? Will you sustain Samuel? God wants to give you God wants you to be the director of the United Nations in the hugest department but you can't even be trusted with 1 million Uganda shillings like you can't your relationship with people is so nasty that God is thinking wow if I get this person this post the company would fall in one working week five days a week not even seven praising Jesus so what is God saying I will use I will use his current boss to polish him because of where I'm taking him. And what are you doing now? You're hating on the boss. And because you're not trusting God, you're even using other sources of power to obliterate your boss or to force favor (laughs) because you have not got the script. Get the script. God is doing a good job in you and your enemy is not bad. They're just a vessel of dishonor that the Lord is using for destruction so that you may be the vessel of of glory. And the sooner you get this concept, the sooner you graduate to where he's taking you. And then you can be used as a blessing to the rest of the world. Praise King Jesus. Should we pull out another enemy or we're good to go now? Yeah? Okay, let's look at Judas. I don't know how many times Judas has got stick from you people. Oh Judas, he betrayed Jesus. Oh Judas, mm mm-mm. Judas is a nice guy. He was born. He came into this world with a purpose. To be a vessel of destruction. So that Jesus may die. So that I, Michelle, may be born again. And migrate from my former life to this life. Where I can be of use in the kingdom of God. Praise King Jesus. If Judas was not in place, none of us would be here. We wouldn't even know how to spell the word Jesus. or Jesus would not have died for our sin. The world would be one hot mess. The world would be a ghost town like Sodom and Gomorrah. Praise King Jesus. But Judas came so that Jesus may die. And Jesus died so that we may have life. Praise King Jesus. And why was it easy for Jesus? Judas was never an enemy to Jesus because Jesus knew the script. And now me, I purpose to be like Jesus. Like Jesus knew. There was no surprise. He knew his enemy from the get-go. That really amazed me. I read it, I think, last week. And I didn't know the Holy Spirit was leading me to have this chat today. Because I read and I thought, Oh, this man knew from the beginning that Judas would do that deed. I think it's in John chapter 6. John chapter 6, uh, what verse do we want? John chapter 6, verse 17. I, 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 I'm I, not a verses person. I like to read the words before and the ones after, and I encourage you to do that. So if you're free, you can pause this um, podcast and read from verse 60 all the way to 70 it's talking about how many disciples turned away from Jesus because Jesus was talking hard conversation like I am talking right now <laughs> but I know it's not hard for you because you've got the scripture anyway. Sorry, you've got the script. Like, you've understood the storyline so well. So I'm hoping you stay with me. But um, Jesus was talking to his disciples and many of them were turning away from him from him because he was telling them things that were so difficult for their ears. Like, you know, I am, I am the body that you should eat because I am full of life. When you eat me, you'll have life indeed. If you drink my blood, you'll have a drink indeed. And whoever abides in me, I abide in him. This guy we're not ready for that chat, and they all started to walk away, like, What's wrong with this man? What is he talking about? In verse 60, they say, There are for many of his disciples when they heard this, said this is this is hard saying. Who can understand it? You know? And then Jesus is saying to them, But why does it offend you? You know? But let's go to the verse that's interesting us, which is verse 17. Jesus said to the disciples, Did I not choose you, the twelve? and one of you is a devil (laughs) verse 71 he spoke of Judas Iscariot the son of Simon for it was he who would betray him being one of the twelve praise King Jesus this is chapter 6 please note this is the beginning in the beginning after Jesus had just chosen his disciples he said to them look guys I'm the one who chose you the twelve and I even know that one of you is a devil One of you is going to betray me. Isn't that cool? Isn't it cool? And it takes walking with God to know who your supposed enemy is, to know who they're going to use, to know who the devil will sit in to disgruntle you and make your life a misery. Praise King Jesus. So that is my prayer for myself and for everybody out there. This Jesus walked with God. Everything he did. He kept telling us in the entire book of John, I did not come here to do my own things. I came to do the will of my Father. What the Father tells me to do, I do. Hmm? What the Father asks me to do, I do. I don't do anything on my own. So, Jesus was so aligned with God, with the Word, that that's why he had intel, he had insight. You know what God says? Um... In uh, Amos chapter 3 verse 7, he says, I'll never let any, anything happen without revealing it to my servants, the prophets. So God revealed this to Jesus from the get-go, that that dude is the one who's going to do this, our deal, you know, is the one that's going to seal your death so you can die for the whole world. So Jesus was comfortable walking with Judas because he knew Judas was just a vessel of dishonor. Hmm? And you, my dear. First off, agree to walk with God. Amos 3.3. Two can't walk together except they agree. Agree with God. Give your life to God. Whatever he wants, you do. How do you know that? Read your Bible because that's the manual. Yeah? And then after that, he can tell you of things to come. Yeah? So when you know what's happening, nothing surprises you. If if he reveals to you that that house help of yours is going to do this, Then then you know what to do about it. Nothing catches you by surprise. And then he'll show to you, oh, by the way, your husband's secretary, she's starting to go beyond fixing your husband's tie. She's looking to fix the shoes as well and the pants. Then you know what to do about it. Because God always speaks. But he only speaks to you if you are his friend, if you put him first, if you draw the triangle and it starts with him and then the other party. Praise King Jesus. So, yeah. Jesus um, in um, John 13, John 13, to crown this up, in John 13, John chapter 13, verse 27, it reads, Now after the piece of bread, Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him, then Jesus said to um, Judas, What you do, do it quick. Hallelujah. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. He knew exactly when Satan entered Judas. And it is Jesus that told Judas to go ahead. No, he he, he told him, go ahead, do what you have to do and do it real quick. Praise King Jesus. So do we see Jesus at any one point pointing fingers at Judas that what is wrong with you? (laughs) <laughs> you're a waste of space why do you mistreat me why do you hate me why do you want to kill me first of all Jesus knew his purpose so maybe we should go back to you what is your purpose because if you know your purpose and the people then Jesus will reveal to you the people who are in your life that are working towards fulfilling that purpose in your life some of us I can speak for myself I came to Jesus because I, was, I had a stressor I had a stressor that I couldn't deal with, and I came to Jesus. And for a good whole first year, I was focusing on the cause of the stress a human being. But it's by God's grace right now that I know that God was looking for me, and He was preparing me for what I have to nurture, for what I have to do for this world, for that which I produced. For my fruit, which is going to be of use to the world. For my Samuel. Praise King Jesus. So I want us to go back and think. Yeah? Pull out your list of enemies again. Read it. Draw the story. How did it all begin? Is it making sense now? This person is not an enemy after all. They're not an enemy at all. At all, at all, at all they're just a vessel that god is using to polish you so ask yourself what is it that god wants from me we're going back to the drawing line we're no longer saying prayers of this enemy must die because guess what when they die the one who is above will get another person because it is you he is interested in he wants to change your heart have to deal with that unforgiveness you have to deal with that spirit of anger you have to deal with that uh, spirit the the theft maybe theft is is your issue for you you can't look at money (coughs) and leave it there without taking it even if it doesn't belong to you yet he wants to make you the governor of bank of uganda but you you can't even forgive 1000 shillings when you see it there let us go back to us So maybe your issue is women like for you you're just a plain womanizer if it is wearing a skirt it is hot and it's thinking no i want to trust you with them i need you to own the best um company for um hostesses or a company that's full of females I want you to be an answer to Uganda's problem of of lack of good hospitality, so I need you to head the best agency where every beautiful Ugandan woman is born to go and work in all of the hotels in Uganda, but he needs to trust you to be in a room with a woman and and feel nothing, yeah so. Every time your coat pants down, you're quick to say, no, it is her. Her dress was too revealing. I could see her bra. No, no, no. Stop giving excuses. Work on you. <laughs> Work on you. So what are you saying? Should women stop walking on the streets because they have such hot bodies? Because it is them. She was wiggling her bum. She was born with her bum. It's bound to wiggle when she walks. It is you that need, needs help. And once you sort it out, God is He's packaged this beautiful baby Samuel for you, the best organization in East Africa, the answer to everybody's, you know, problem. But you you're stuck in, in your the women are the enemy. They, they they said these words to me and I couldn't help myself. Let's align ourselves to the word. Nobody is the enemy. We are our worst enemies if we don't get the drift, yeah? i think i read in romans nine twenty nine in any treats um and isaiah said before unless the lord of sabbath had left us a seed we would have been like sodom we would have become like gomorrah what is it saying to my spirit unless the lord raises you you are a seed unless the lord raises you or polishes you then the whole of uganda is a ghost town because you're supposed to be an answer to uganda's problem so the lord is doing what he's doing with you so you can be an answer yeah so from what i see god has left you as a seed God has chosen you as a seed to do a good job in you, a good job in you. You are a vessel of honor. So disregard the vessel of destruction. Matter of fact, every time you look at the vessel of destruction, you should be asking yourself, what is God teaching me? If it's a whole one month, two months, three months of this person being a pain in the armpit, ask yourself, what am I not learning? Surely I should be used to this by now. What is the Lord teaching me? To have a strong heart heart of canvas to stop being such a chicken that everything pisses me off? Yeah? Should I be working on my emotional intelligence? The world should not be... Not everyone is going to please me. I'm not a special case. Unless I go and live on an island where nobody will upset me, and yet God wants to trust me with so many people and I'm busy finding fault with everybody. Uh-uh. I am a seed. I am a seed to the world. Yeah? Oi. If I don't fix up, the world is going to become like Sodom and Gomorrah, a ghost town. God is so loving that he, he has chosen me, yeah, to be an answer to everybody, just like Noah. There is Noah in Genesis from somewhere to chapter 8. God was so tired of the world and then he said you know what I need I need to I need to wipe out the world and and I need a new beginning and I'll use um Noah and I'll put them on a boat and kill everybody and then Noah will come off the boat and give me a new generation so are you a Noah accept your training yeah as a seed I have got to fix up I have to quit whining about who's done what to me who is the reason why I am this way who is the reason why I frown 24 24 7 I need to look at the lessons at hand what am I learning what am I supposed to do how do I fix up because when all is said and done God is doing doing a good work in me I am a vessel of honor I am his chosen I am his seed I am a legacy <laughs> I am not struggling with unforgiveness. I am struggling with who I am, who God has chosen me to be. That's how we should be thinking. Praise King Jesus. I don't think I have any more words to add. And um, and I'm hoping that you're busy tearing up that list of enemies and throwing it away and and going back on the drawing board and looking at your Creator and um yes i know it's not a simple journey jesus journey was not simple at some point we find him in the garden of gethsemane he's gotten two of his best friends oh come let's go and come and pray with me in what do they do? do they fall asleep he ends up praying all by himself until he's sweating blood and crying because his heart is so sorrowful but look where it all ends up. He is seated at the right-hand side of the Father, and we are all praying according to him. Nobody does not know him. Yeah, He's been given the name above all names because he knew his purpose, and he sat through it. It, t- it took David forever to go through this journey and, and, and become the best king of, 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 of Israel. Hannah. Hannah suffered. But when she got the point, when she, when she understood what she was supposed to do, and she did get the baby. Oh, by the way, she did give the baby to God. She took the baby to the temple at Eduat too. But then God gave her six more children. So the children were never an issue. Anna, Anna was the issue. When she fixed herself, she had a whopping seven babies. A whopping seven babies. So, sweetheart, what is your issue? you you where do you need to fix up i am in the same category as well now i walk around thinking okay god how are we on this one how am i doing how soon can i have baby samuel how soon can i have what you've packaged for me where do you need me to fix up that's what this is all about your enemy has no issue. So stop going on telling people about, oh, my mom did this, my stepmom did this, my former best friend. Yo, I've had pain in us, eh? My entire life, every stage of my life. But God is so gracious. He reveals things to you. And then he says to you, Michelle, I need you to pause that relationship. Pause it. That one's role was to do this. And I made her do this to you. So you have no business hating her, by the way, because it's you as looking for. Now let's move on. And then you get to a point where you used to have like seven bendy buses of friends and 22 double-decker buses of friends and now you have only two friends and and the, the ones in the bendy buses and decker buses are thinking when she got born again she became weird we don't hear from her god is doing a good job in you and after he's polished you he'll open the doors and send you back to them when you have an answer to them most of them were just vessels of destruction to polish you so again, if you're born again and you hurt everybody in the bendy bus, there's an issue there. There's an issue there. Yours is going to be a frustrating journey. Understand the script of the author. God is the author and finisher of our faith. Take it all back to God in asking whatever your situation is, Father, what do you need me to learn? Because he's after our hearts. And all these things you spend in church praying against, dismantling this. No, 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 no. Fix your heart. You can't look to God and have a dirty heart. If your focus is all about God, you'll find it easy to forgive. And you'll be you'll have the nature and character of Christ in you that when that that your heart is sealed <clears throat> the devil has no legal right to you so you don't have issues like oh i had this horrible dream or this has happened to me no because you are secure in christ you are in the cleft of a rock that's why in churches with good doctrines when you go with a problem like oh i, I need i need uh, i have got this big problem i need x amount of money they say to you no 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 come let us fix your heart first because the issues with your heart is the root cause of your problem. When the heart is sorted, God is in there. Remember he said to us in Genesis 1.28, the minute he created us, he said, Go out, be fruitful and multiply. Be it fruitful in terms of children or money or whatever it is. Now because you're having issues because the devil came in in Genesis chapter 3 and that was the fall of man. So now, you have so many problems after the devil has come in. That's why you come back to Jesus. And Jesus is trying to perfect you in his image so you can go back and be aligned with Genesis 1.28. So it is the heart we are dealing with here. What is it that God wants from me? What do I need to fix so that I may see a life that I want? Okay. If you want to give your life to jesus please put your hand on your chest because you can't do this on your own i told you the triangle we always have to go through god so if you're not born again then you have no you don't even have where to start you don't have a foundation so let's start by giving our life to christ yeah let jesus come into the picture and then he'll hold our hand and show us which way to go praise god okay put your hand on your heart and repeat after me lord jesus I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for this message. I thank you so much for my enemies. I thank you so much because you're the master planner. I thank you for everything that's happened to me since I was a little child. Father, I return to you today. I give my life to you. Forgive me for all of my sins. Father, remove me from every covenant that I have entered before knowingly and unknowingly and enter me into the covenant of your word, into the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Father, I declare that I am born again. Please remove my name from the book of death and write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you come back, when you come back to take your people, I beg and pray that I am among those. In Jesus' mighty name I have prayed amen and amen okay now that you've given your life to christ let's say another prayer father in the name of jesus i thank you so much for the word you have sent this word has healed my heart this word has delivered me from destruction This word has delivered me from the vessel of destruction that I have been looking at and thinking what is going on with the world. Today I understand fully. My eyes have been enlightened. My heart is open up now. I totally understand. I forgive everybody that is an enemy to me. I forgive them because now I know that they're just vessels of destruction that you chose to show your power and your wrath today king of glory I stand in my position as a vessel of honor I pray that you grant me the grace to persevere through the suffering that I have to go through as you polish me so I can be the gold that you purposed for me to become I thank you so much that I don't have a baby yet because I understand now that you're still polishing me so that I am worthy to bring your precious baby Samuel into this world I thank you so much that you haven't given me that ultimate job yet because to be honest I was never ready for it anyway I pray that as, as I wait for that miracle baby, for that miracle job, for that miracle marriage, whatever it is I'm waiting for, I pray that you open up my eyes to understand who I am and who you need me to be and that you hold my hand to get to where you need me to be. I pray, Father, that you give me the spirit of obedience so that I don't make this journey too, too long and difficult for myself. I pray that you give me the grace to hang up your word, to hunger for your word, to read my Bible every day, to pray so I may understand who you need me to be. I pray, Father, that you give me peace. I call upon the peace of God to rest in my heart now that I know that I don't have any enemy. Father, come and reign in my life hold my hand you tell me in isaiah forty-eight seventeen that you're the lord my redeemer who teaches me how to profit who shows me in which way that i should go i want to be a vessel of profit i want to be a vessel of honor. come and show me which way i should go come and be in my life Today, I totally forgive and forget every human being. But because now I know they were never my enemies. It is you that used them. And the whole purpose was to train me to become a better person for that which you want to use me for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Father. Because now I see, I understand, I am free. My heart is free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Right. Okay. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Love you.